All right, and we are live, L-I-V-E, where it all started. My name is Travis. This is Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hoobazoo Network. You can find out more on hoobazoo.com. And I'm here at the fourth annual Dale Dorman Media Day with my good buddy Keith Hayes from Hoobazoo. And I must say, today is the first day in the last four years I haven't gotten rained on, Keith. I'm, com- right. I'm, complete- yeah, I'm, com- I'm completely dry. You're right. No lie, every time I've come here the last three years, it has been nothing but rainy, nasty weather. Beautiful day outside. You guys are all here, and we're doing this thing live, which is a podcast. So the idea is I'm going to talk about uh, the podcast history, what I do, how I do it, have Keith answer questions. This is interactive, so just talking to that shotgun mic up there will pick you up right away and make it interactive. So if you have questions, please ask. And I'm just going to go through and kind of do an episode live and have you guys as part of the show. Woo! All right. Make sure you guys introduce yourselves, too. I, I hope we're one of these. Yeah, come on in, guys. We're actually broadcasting live on Facebook right now. So I want to give a big shout-out to my sponsor, Joyce Asak of Asak Realty with RealMax Synergy. Joyce is a uh, staunch supporter of the podcast. Thank you very much for your support. And uh, let's do this. So, Keith, we were, I was here four years ago. Mm-hmm. And this guy was standing at the front of the class, you know, doing his thing. He has baseball cap on, looking all cool. And podcast back then was really a, an infant thing. And even now I get some of my, my, my peers, the people my age, like, you do a podcast? That's kind of weird, but Okay. But I, I want to do something, and that something is around that time, if we go back four years, there was a lot of emphasis on veterans being distressed and, and in trouble because of PTSD and veteran suicide. And for me, it was personal because one of my, my battery mates that I served with uh, passed, not from PTSD, but from alcoholism, and it really hit me hard. I'm like, I've got to do something. I want to do something. And I thought about uh, a blog, I thought about uh, this, I thought about that. I had gone to a radio station in this area, and they said, yeah, we'll let you come on the radio. Yeah. We want $2,000 a month with a three-month advance, and if you get sponsors to cover that $6,000, well, then you can keep anything you make. You're going to be on at 10 o'clock at night, and you can't keep your content. I'm like, okay, Uh, back to the drawing board. So I come here to the you know, Dale Dorman Media Day, and I meet Keith, and Keith tells me that you can do this. So, Keith, do you want to take a minute and talk about that? Yeah, so, so what happened was, is I, my name is Keith Hayes, my radio name is Sinister One, S-I-N-I-S-T-A, digit number one. I've been in radio for, Jesus Christ, over 20 years. Um, I actually progressed. Um, my name was really actually Mr. Sinister at first, and there's a DJ out there who DJs for the executioners, he actually reached out to me because he owned the rights to that name. This was way back. And I used to write sports articles covering the New England Patriots, uh, WWE wrestling, WCW wrestling, and stuff like that. And then I was asked to come on the show on the mic, on Mark's show, Mark Chappetta, over at WXBR. During my time at WXBR, I'm one of these guys who's a real geek. Um, and one of the things I used to do at home was, while we were on the air, on, on AM, is I would take my cassette tape record our show while we were live on the air. And then what happened was was that internet started having these servers where you could store your your media. This was about 15, 20 years ago. 
what I did was I took those shows, I paid about $35 to $50 a month for storage, and I could put like 10 shows up. So I put 10 shows on the server, and we did this website through web TV, and we would let people go to our shows and listen to our shows. At that time, we went to a lot of people and was told that nobody ever wants to listen to a radio show online. It's never going to happen. But we did it. We were doing 10 shows. And fast forward now, podcasting has become a big thing. I actually reached out to several newspapers to do internet radio shows because we had this internet radio station that nobody was listening to. Um, we had 500 listeners and crashed our, our network. This was way, way back. 500 listeners. Internet radio now, you have to have. What we're putting out now and what we're getting, our show goes out on a Tuesday night. Our show, we're getting, we reach about 2,000 people live. So when you're talking internet numbers, that's a, that's a good number. Um, what's happened now is this has progressed into something where podcasting is something that you can create, and which I'm getting to is with him, is you can create, you can actually make money at this. You can actually build your brand. And the reason why I'm saying that this is happening now is because of the freedom of podcasting. Like he said, he came to me four years ago, he was sitting in the front row. If you go to the Mastery website and look up four years ago, he was sitting in the front no, row. No, don't do that. In a suit. And he came up to me and he asked me, and I said, yeah, we'll coach you, we'll help you, and we'll help you get what you're doing. I think at that time, he just had a computer. So now this guy here, Travis, and I hate using this, but it's the best way to say it. I was the quarterback, I gave this guy the ball, he scored the touchdown and a two-point conversion because this guy has gone above and beyond as to what podcasting is today. And right now, podcasting is the ability to build your brand. He has Oscar Mike Radio. He's created a logo. He's building his brand right now. Um, he's got sponsors on the way. He's getting interviews with some great people on his show just by simply putting together a template that I told him. I says, hey, you can get interviews for your show. That's the first thing when people podcast. They say, how am I going to get people on my show? Look. I got Sting on my show. I had Seth Rollins from the WWE on our show before Seth Rollins was even in the Shield. So one of the things I'll tell you, if you're getting into podcasting, you want to start something, come up with your idea, write it all down. And then what you want to do is you want to be on the cusp of things that are new. When you see something that's new and it's getting a little bit of buzz, grab that person. Because what happens is those people that you grab early on, those people are going to be loyal to you. I had a guy, I used to ring announce because I was in the radio. I was ring announcer for mixed martial arts. So I got to see a lot of fights. One weekend, I was the ring announcer for John Jones's first professional bout. John Jones is now the biggest UFC star in the history of MMA. And I was the ring announcer for it. If you go on YouTube and look at John Jones's first fight, you see people picking on me and saying, I'm, I'm the Sugar Knight of mixed martial arts. That night, there was a kid named Nick Newell. Nick Newell is a kid who was born with a disability. His disability was, was that his umbilical cord was wrapped around his arm. So he was born without a hand. That night, as I sat ringside, they introduced this kid, Nick Newell, to the ring. Nick Newell came to the ring that night. He picked up his opponent, body slammed his opponent, gained mount, and knocked him out with strikes. I said, oh my god, I gotta get this kid on my show. We interviewed this kid on our show. Everybody said, why are you interviewing him? He just has one win. I said, I don't know, I feel it. This kid ended up becoming one of the biggest MMA stars in MMA. Nick Newell, you look him up. They're about to make a movie about him. I had him on our show first. When I call him, the kid comes on our show, no matter what. That's what I'm saying about loyalty. Joe Lozon, we had Joe Lozon on our show. 
when he went to Hawaii and trained, he ends up having one of the biggest upsets in UFC, Joe Lozon. So if you're doing podcasting, looking for interviews, that's a way to start. Pick up those type of people. Sponsors, when we started, it was tough to get sponsors because nobody really wants them. This guy here, they're going to start coming to you. It's, it's, it's the ability to bring podcasting and bring in monetary value. You can do it. And that's why you're seeing this big explosion of podcasting. You've got people selling out the Wilbur Theater right now for podcast shows. I, I never thought that I would do it. Joe Rogan is the number two podcaster right now. Joe Rogan. The one podcaster right now is Trevor Noah. And then I was telling him, I finally listened to the Ron Burgundy podcast, which is like a train wreck. But yeah, just okay. keep going back to listen to it because it's just something that's original and it's crazy. Who ever thought you could take a movie and make this hit podcast. The reason why podcasting is so big and so huge right now, and why it's why commercial radio is so scared of it, is because you can now take everything that you've been paying to listen to through XM or Sirius, or what you've been listening to in your car, you now don't even need to listen to it. You can have your phone, you can have your podcast that you subscribe to. But now, when you used to call a show or a radio show and you wanted to have that voice, you didn't have that voice, podcasting gives you a voice. And it's given this guy Travis Pounding a voice. And the reason why I knew he was going to have a voice is when he came to me four years ago and asked me, I said, what is your voice? And he said to me, I'm a veteran. He was in the Marines. And he said that you know he's had guys that suffer from PTSD. And he said to me, there's nothing in radio that covers that need. And I said, you know what? He's right. But podcasting will give you that, what you want. If you create it and build it, they'll come. And in four years, you can see this guy. And I can tell you right now, I'm, I'm proud of this guy because this guy has gone above and beyond what we've done as a show. He's got a setup. He's got, he's got his boom mic here. He's completely mobile. And I can tell you right now, his computer's less than $1,000. And he's pieced it together. So it's something that if you wanted to do it, it's, it's economical. You can do it. Then you can, he's going to people's houses and doing shows. So I'm, I'm really proud. And I'm going to let him go on about this because it's, it's something that, like I said, four years ago when we were here and we were talking podcasting, it was kind of like, <laughs> it's not now. Podcasting is a serious threat. Uh, can I go back just a bit? Yeah, sure, so absolutely. Introduce yourself and let people know who you are and what industry you're from. I'm Bob Walker. I'm the vice president of programming for Hall Radio. We have 20 stations along the East Coast all the way down to Florida. FM and AM Bob, thank you very much. Um, you said something interesting. Uh, you were talking about how he was able to take his brand to this digital workspace. How did you know you had a brand? I mean, there's a lot of people who come to me with ideas. And, you know, as the first point, I don't know whether they're just someone with an idea or someone who's going to be a brand. What's the... So the, the brand is, Oscar Mike in military speak, is on the, on the move. And so I wanted something that would encapsulate that as being on the move for veterans and military matters, people who support veterans. A lot of civilians out there like yourselves who don't know anything about the military, never fired a, a weapon in their life, are really passionate about helping my brothers and sisters and myself out. So Oscar Mike was on the move, right? So if you look at my logo on the front of my computer case, there, I'll just go over some of the branding things, if you will. Sure. The Fleur de Lis, that little symbol in the uh, right there, I joined the Marine Corps from Louisiana. I, I moved down to Louisiana when I was 15, and that kind of symbolizes to me where I joined the Marine Corps from, where my military journey started. Um, veteran in Action, 
me and other people are always in action for our, ourselves, our brothers and sisters, those who are serving and those who have served. The Maltese cross in the center, if you know anything about the history behind that, there's eight points. Each point represents a certain value a knight should have. And, and the shield, this is kind of like a shield, people pick up on that, is sometimes you as a veteran, you in the military, are putting yourself in harm's way for others. So that's kind of the basis of my brand and what I want to do. And I felt like not only the, the symbol there, but the brand of what I'm trying to communicate is encapsulated in Oscar Mike. And so the content of your programming is exclusively that. In other words, you're not going to get sidetracked and talk about the Patriot score or... or well, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of podcasts that are about something. But then the more I listen, they're not about something. No, I, I, I am primarily... About, hey, did you see Tom Brady's thing? And I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with... I, I hit this button to hear... I'm not saying you, but I hit this button or I downloaded this podcast to hear this. And now I'm hearing, you know, another thing about Tom Brady. We all love Tom Brady, but my goodness, it's covered So I, I am primarily about military and veterans. Now, there have been a couple of one-offs... That's your brand. Yes, my brand. I've done a couple of one-off podcasts where they've been completely out of band. For example, uh, this January I did a podcast, a live cast like this at someone's home about Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. One of my listeners is like, look, I want you to talk to this family because you connect with people. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got to talk about this. this. It was a local event. This, this boy had gotten harassed at the skating rink in Whitman. I don't know if you, you guys remember that story. But he'd gotten harassed and the family had to leave and they were very upset about that and one of my listeners is like I believe you can say something to them that the news media won't get and I was very nervous about that I'm not gonna lie um, it's about a kid it's about a child it's a child with a disease Duchenne's if you know anything about that there is only one conclusion to that story for this child and my listeners, like, I believe you can tell that story. So I'll do one-offs like that. And, and it was a, the family really appreciated the way I approached the, the child, approached them, and, and did their story. I'll do one-offs like that, but I am primarily about stories about the military, current events about things in, in the military that people don't understand. You know, what's an elephant walk called? Why did he do that? So on and so forth. That's primarily what I'm about. Yes? Uh, kind of on a follow-up to that, um, I know... I, well, I was telling you, I have a brand I'm trying, well, a like a production company that I'm trying to uh, build up, and it's called Our Silva Studios. It's where I hope to put like my films and just general work. I was thinking of maybe uh, diving into the podcast world a little bit. Um, I know, like, I'd on one hand, I'd love to do like um, a podcast about make uh, film production and making film films and student films and stuff like that. But on the other hand, I'm a huge, as we were talking earlier, I'm a huge advocate for mental health, so I'd also love to do like more about that. Would you suggest I have two separate podcasts or kind of like find a, an umbrella term <coughs> to combine them both? I would say yes. I would say go with two separate because your, your, your genre and your brand is, is definitely what you want to be. Like he was, this gentleman was just saying, I show at the booth. You can listen to our show, and we can talk about Donald Trump and be real serious. And then again, we'll switch right to Tom Brady. But I show the booth. That's our brand. When you go to our site and see our show the booth, the description of our show is: Imagine going to a bar and sitting beside three guys, and their conversations all over the place. That's our brand. But like you said, if you're going to be in the podcasting and you're going to create your show, 
and create your brand and sell it and bring in sponsors, you definitely want to stay focused on what you want your brand to be and what you're going to focus on. That's why you see a lot of these celebrities now, they have two, three, four different podcasts. Why? Because they're hitting on all different genres. You can almost get you know, different sponsors and different like maybe interviews with each separate because right. I can get like film directors hypothetically in mm -hmm. one realm and then uh, like right. mental health. So you would have two separate podcasts because you're going to try to get those people on that show for the film stuff. You would put them on the show for the mental health. So you would definitely want to have those definitely separated. If you find, so like for us, for example, he's on our network. He's on our Hoover Zoo Network. Um, his show is based towards military people. Now, I forget who the guest was, but the guest hit me up. They wanted to come on our show. And I said right to the guest, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to put you on it. And they were like, no, 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 we really want to be on your show. And I'm like, no. I said, our show is a certain way. But you're going to get more out of this guy's show. This guy is reaching out to veterans. This is a guy that he's, you've got, you did, he had Mistress Carrie on his show. And for those who know Mistress Carrie, she's from AAF. And she's a big fan of this guy's show. This is a guy, like I said, this guy was sitting right here four years ago. Four years ago, he was sitting right there, and he's already had Mistress Carrie on his show from AM two times. And she's got a link to his site. So again, that's his brand. And to have someone like Mistress Carrie from AAF take his link and put it on her page for people to see, it, that's his brand, and this is what he's saying. It's, it's big. Uh, in the back? What basic advice would you give to somebody who is just breaking into podcasts? Well, as you can see, if you get a chance to come up, you want to look at equipment is number one. You want to make sure you have good equipment. Podcasting is so big right now, they have what they call as podcasting kits, which comes with the mics, the setups, um, and uh, you can add in cameras and things like that. You don't have to have cameras for podcasting. You can go full audio. Um, and there's a lot of great free software out there. If, you're, if you guys are thinking about broadcasting and doing a podcast on yourself, the first thing I would tell you is, is go home, download OBS software. It's free. OBS software right now links with Skype. So you can pull video if you want at any time, but right now it pulls the audio. But OBS for free software right now is probably, if you were to put a price tag on it, it's priceless. Because what it does is it takes a stream key, which every Facebook or any type of social media has a stream key. And what it does is it takes that stream key and it broadcasts out. So right now, like our show, The Booth, is on Tuesday nights. Our show goes out over Facebook Live and now Twitter Live through the OBS software. It's real simple. It's real easy to use. That would be the first thing I would tell you to do is get that down pat. Once you get that down pat, like this gentleman said, you have to take your idea, brand it, and know what you want for a brand. Just write it down. Just take it. And then one of the things I tell people is, is do you plan on getting like interviewing people on your show? Um, sure. Yeah. Put together a wish list of who you feel you want to be on your show. I've had I've had people on our show that I never would have thought that I would have ever interviewed. I interviewed Ryan Bosworth, a football player, and made him cry on our show. <laughs> If you were to tell me that I was going to make Brian Bosworth cry, I would tell you, you're out of your mind. And the only reason why these things happen is that be real to yourself and ask the right questions and build your wish list. I, I think what happened was, was Brian Bosworth was doing a movie with Sting, the wrestler Sting, called Redemption Road. I had Bosworth on our show, and I asked him, and I says, why'd you do this movie? Because at that time, this was a religious movie. It was a religious production company. 
and nobody ever asked us about him. He was on Fox. They asked him about the movie. They asked him about all this crazy, stupid stuff. I asked him, why did he do this religious movie? You know what ends up happening? He starts crying and tells us that he was doing a press circuit tour. He was broke. And his manager said, you got to do this movie. And he didn't want to do the movie. He hated the fact that he was doing this movie. But he was down south in the Bible Belt, and he went to some type of revival thing where they showed the movie. And then when, he, when they saw the movie, the people came up to him, and someone told him that he needed to be saved. And he realized at that moment he needed to be saved. Because at that time, Brian Boswell was doing drugs. He was an abuser. And he broke down on our show, and he just started crying. And right then and there, I was like, man, I love this business because that's, that's what you want. And like I said, get your five people, and, and you can go that route. But again, build your brand. Come up with your idea. Write it down. And with podcasting, like we said, podcasting, no idea is crazy as long as you put it out there the right way. So just to follow up to that, I, I, a lot of people get all uh, focused on equipment and subscribers and downloads. I, I tell people, look, 5,000 years ago, we were in a cave with a fire and some you know, charcoal from the, from the wood, and people were writing stories and telling them, Aesop's fables from when we were kids have survived hundreds of years. So you, you got to have what you're going to talk about, but make sure you can work on connecting. That's what I had to work on. The equipment will come later because you'll go into a store, and, and, and once they figure out what your budget is, if your budget's $5,000, you'll walk out of there spending $5,000. Focus on connection before you, you, you get all worried about equipment and downloads. The rest will follow, and don't quit. Yeah, don't, don't give up. Yeah, like I said, you, I've had many times where you say, why am I doing this? Why am I here? And then out of the blue, I had a guy one time, we were doing our show, and I reached a down point with our show. I was like, man, why am I doing this, right? And then I got an email from a guy who was stationed on a freaking submarine in the Antarctica. He was a freaking U.S. Naval officer who was from Boston. And he said, uh, sent this email, and he says, man, I love your show because of this, 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 this. And I was like, so when you, when you, and I've had this happen. When you think it's at its low, something will happen and reel you right back in just like that. You know, um, I can tell you how powerful this format could be when you do a podcast. One of the big things that we had on our show, and I'll tell you right now, the opiate crisis is huge, right? Big. About... Eight years ago, I was one of these ignorant people. I was one of these people that didn't think that the opiate crisis was a, was a disease. I didn't think that there was a choice. I was one of these ignorant guys. I had a woman reach out to us from one of the money towns, and she told me this story about her son who played hockey. He was a big hockey star and tore his shoulder up. And they had a family doctor, and this family doctor gave their kids all types of medicine whenever they needed it, and all his pain pills. But then it got out of hand, and then they had to cut him off. Then one day she walked up in the bedroom, she found her son dead. Now this was before the opiate crisis had blew up, and I said to myself, wait a minute, there's something going on here. Let's start checking in this. And people on our radio show said, well, we don't know, this, this, this. And I said, ah, we're going to work into it. So we ended up getting a pharmacist on our show. This pharmacist came on our show. Now, we're going back now maybe 10 years ago. And if Ken was here, who's an attorney with me, he's, a co he's my co-host. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a defense attorney. This pharmacist came on our show, and he said to you, 
you have no idea how bad this is going to get. This was way back. And I said, why? I said, because at that time, Purdue, which has now got a big-ass friggin' wing up in Harvard, Purdue put OxyContin out there. And when they put it out there to all these doctors and nurses and hospitals, they gave them kickbacks. And he said the most scariest thing that we ever heard. He said, right now, he says, you have more doctors and nurses addicted to Oxy than you've ever seen. So before the public got addicted to all these painkillers like they are now, you had doctors and nurses who were already addicted to the way the public is now. That's how scary this is. That's how, and he told us this. And that's the type of stuff, if you look into it and you think something's a good story or whatever, you can grab on it. That's, these are the type of things that you're gonna know ahead of time. It's just crazy stuff, but. Um, I know Mm -hmm. And I was yes. wondering, how would you go about like, getting your content on? So, for example, Oscar Mike Radio, our show. So once you get your show set up as a podcast, it's what they call as an RSS feed. When you get that RSS feed of your show and you put your show online and submit it. So like when he puts his show on our main site, it links to all of these other sites and it will automatically put them on those sites for you. If your show is doing enough hits or, or it's popular enough, it will automatically go. So we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, um, we're on we're on a ton of sites now. We don't Stitcher. Need, we just we only have to just put it on the one site now, and, and it links to everything. I just signed our show up for Anchor. Um, if you're familiar with Anchor, if you get your show on Anchor, Anchor will take your show and put it out to different sites. And when those different sites take over and you're getting a ton of hits, they'll call what they call is monetize. So in other words, if you're getting a ton of hits, they'll monetize your site. So what happens is they'll put, a, they'll put an ad at the beginning of your show. And then when you be sure your show goes, you'll get an ad that plays, and then what happens is you get, you'll get money back on that. So again, like I said, four years ago we were here and everybody was like podcasting. <laughs> now it's, it's a dangerous form of media. It's, it's, it's very, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. Because you, 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 or you, can now go out, and if you work your butt off like this guy did, and pull in, like I said, we're getting, we go Facebook Live on our show, and we are getting 2,000. Commercial radio would love those numbers. And, and here's the thing about internet radio. Internet radio, these guys wait months for Arbitron to come out and give you your numbers. Live streaming over the internet, and Facebook, and all these analytics, you get your numbers. When our show goes off the air, or when he goes off the air, he gets his numbers like that. So he can go to potential sponsors and say, yeah, my Tuesday night show, I had this guy on as a guest. I had 3,000 people listen to my show. I had 800 of them listen for more than 10 seconds. I had this many listen for more than this seconds. I had this many people comment. That's all real-time views. That's all real-time numbers to gain sponsorship. I mean, if you look at yours right now, what are we getting right now? What, what do we read? Well, I, I had to run the analytics later, but. So one of the things I do when when I do a podcast is I'll pick a subject, or someone will approach me, and I'll get my handy dandy Microsoft OneNote out. I I do I love I love it. It's one of my favorite programs besides Snagit. Don't know if anybody's ever heard of. Snagit. Yes. Okay. Great. Great. We're good. And what I do is I have a program outline. 
I'll start off with the question of the week. A lot of people ask me questions, and I'll collect those and answer it to the best of my ability. Like, what do I think about the Air Force's new uniform? I'm like, the Air Force is, they wear uniforms, really? I don't, I don't know. Right, right, and, and engage that way. And then I have the word section of the week. So on my one note, I've answered the question there, and then I start with the word section. It's a different heading, right? And I'll go over the topics that I want to talk about. Some podcasters write down word for word what they're saying. I really don't want to do that. I want this to be a conversation. I, I want to connect with you all and, and make it seem like I'm just a guy in your ear with that soulful voice, right? I, I, I want that. So I want it to sound authentic. And, I, and, and to sound authentic, I don't really, you know, I am going to talk about this. I'm going to talk to this about you. I, I want to know what you're thinking. And this is what I think. And then when I'm done with the word section, which is the longest part of my podcast, I'll go into either upcoming events or I'll give a shout-out to somebody, talk about what's coming next, and then that's the end of my podcast. My podcast is 30 minutes long, and some people tell me to go longer. Some people want me to go an hour. Some people want me to go a lot longer. You know, But 30 minutes works for me because a lot of my listeners are like, I don't have three hours, two hours to give you full attention to your podcast. And I've, I've, I've listened to the Joe Rogan podcast or Jocko Willenings. Those are, those are two and a half, three hour commitments. And a lot of times it's like, oh, somebody said something. I, I don't know. I, I, lose, I lose focus. So I'd rather try to really make my 30 minutes impactful. I want to hit you. I want, I, want to, I want to grab you and pull you in and have you be like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm clued in what this guy is saying for 30 minutes and then let off the gas. And the thing is, is you want people to want more. So if you're going to do a podcast, you don't want to hit them with two hours or three hours or, or maybe even an hour because you know what? It gets tired. It gets stagnant. They don't want you. You give them a half hour, get in, get out, and they want more. This gentleman's been in. He's in commercial writing. He'll tell you. A lot of people will say, oh, man, didn't I just hear that song? To the point where you almost think you're psychic. You ever listen to the commercial radio and think, oh, my God, the next song coming on is this? And you think you're almost psychic? You're not psychic. The reason is is because commercial radio knows that the average person stays in the car for 30 minutes, which is why when you listen to the morning shows, which is why when you listen to these playlists, 30 minutes, then they rotate another 30 minutes. They rotate another 30 minutes. So you're not psychic. It's just because your mind is learning what they're giving you, and he's right. If you're going to create a podcast, the best place to start out is 30 minutes. You don't want to really go no more, and you really don't want to go way over because you're going to get stagnant. The one thing I will say about this guy, because he's military, he's real on point. When you're doing a podcast, you have to stay consistent. Don't take time off. Because once you start, because I'm looking at us right now. We're live right now on Facebook Live. And we've got 30 people live right now that have already waved and want interactions. Again, that's how you're going to sell the responses. We're live here for a school event. We've got 30 people interacting with this show right now, wanting us to send them waves. So that's, again, that's real analytics. That's real numbers. How frequently is the podcast? Weekly. Weekly. Yeah. If you're going to do weekly, stay consistent. You have to. Because I'll tell you right now, if you have 100 listeners and then you take three weeks off because you want to do whatever in the summertime, and you come back in three weeks, guess what happens to those 100 listeners? They're gone. They're going to find another podcast. So we either hammer them and tell them to subscribe to the podcast so they get it, 
or we make sure they're out there every week. Because you will lose them if you don't if you don't keep them. And I have a question. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing a show, do you have you're doing it live? Yeah. You don't have to. I know, I know, but when you guys do yours, right? It's live, like right now. Our show is live. You do um, yours live now, correct? Well, my, mine's recorded and then edited post. Oh, okay. So maybe this question doesn't apply to yours, but um, while you're live and people are commenting, do you ever have, like, do you ever respond to Always. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. When I'm at home, I look like friggin' Neo. I have a dual <laughs> monitor, I have a tower, and then I have a laptop that's my broadcast computer, and then I have my iPad Pro. So when I broadcast live, I have this set up on our on our Facebook page, and what I do is is and okay, and this is a great story to lead into. Our show is live; it goes up on Facebook. So if you go on Facebook and look up the booth, you'll see our show. You'll see all of our old shows on there. We picked up a sponsor called ILoveBostonSports.com. He's probably hearing us right now. ILoveBostonSports.com is located in three places. Um, they've got all these Patriots stuff that you see out there right now that's really, really popular. So what we've done is I went to him and said, hey, we have a lot of people in our chat. So what he started doing three years ago, he said, give something away. So what we do now is we give a t-shirt away. And we have people come in, they come in the live chat, and we give a t-shirt away to every person that comes in and is involved. So we push that, we push that chat. And you can see it, and what's great about that is is that when you have that interaction like that, it can change your show, mm. and it makes you or anybody a better host because now you have to change your show on the fly because someone may pop in the chat and ask a question that changes the whole dynamic of the topic. We had somebody on for an interview one time, and somebody asked a great question, and it changed the whole, the whole way the show went. But again, social media has changed it. When you're on radio, you know you hear them now. They're, a lot of these guys now are broadcasting. They're bringing in the social media. Right. Yeah. They're bringing in the Twitters. They're bringing in the Facebooks, and they're telling me, hey, it used to be call the station now. Now you only call the station to win stuff. As far as interaction, like, they're telling you, yeah. yeah, they want you to tweet. They want you because they can't. you got to keep up with this. And like I said, we, right now we've got we're up to 40 now people interacting with the show. I'm answering I, questions I right now. Staff. I'm answering questions right now. I'm, I'm checking his levels. So... This just took practice. I, I did a couple of these live casts. Uh, one of them was at uh, Jonathan Gosselin's veteran-owned, veteran-operated, which worked out real well. And he allowed me to do a similar setup. Table, laptop, it was not the computer at the time, camera. And he did it because he's a veteran-owned business, and he wanted to bring in clients and people didn't know about him to his business. And I can pull up the numbers and show them to you if you want to, but we got we got like six to 7,000 hits over an hour and a half. And, and that's where some of the sponsors I'm talking to now are like, wait a minute, you're getting 7,000 hits for showing up and, and talking on, on, a, on a microphone and a webcam? I'm like, yes, yes, I am. And this is the guy, he, he, I've been in commercial radio, I'll tell you. That was the bulk of the money in commercial radio. I was at WXBI. The big bulk of the money, remotes. Countdown, get a radio remote. And they would charge new businesses all this money for a radio remote. You go out there and do a radio remote. Now with podcasting, the commercial radio is still getting you out there, but a smaller business that's just starting up, they like again, and that's where I said building loyalty. A new restaurant is gonna be like, damn, I can't afford to go to Hot 96.9 and have them 
come up to my restaurant because Hot 96 is going to charge them a ridiculous amount of money to be on in prime time. And they'll say, well, we'll give you the cheap rate, but guess what? Your commercial is only going to be on at midnight or 2 in the morning. He's a podcaster. He's doing stuff about veterans, and this guy is a veteran-owned business. He's going to reach out to him and say, hey, I'm going to throw you 500 bucks a month. Will that work? Or whatever. He's going to say, yeah, we can work this out. Next thing you do, if that happens, you get a contract. You get something up and, and get something in writing, and now you've got yourself a sponsor. But again, you know, it's, it's there and it's feasible. And like I said, four years ago, everybody was kind of like, uh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's a threat. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really focus on sponsors. Um, I didn't really say I want sponsors. I wanted to get my stuff right. I wanted to get my equipment right. I, I have a for my audio. I have a mixer at home for my home studio. It's a Mackie Pro FX VA2. Not a big mixer, not a small mixer, not top of the line. But what it does, it connects to the PC right away. So I don't have. I can. I can record directly to my PC, which is another step I don't have to do. And it's small, so if I have to move it, I can. For remotes, or uh, I tell people all the time who are having sound problems, a lot of times, and I did this before in Pennsylvania when I talked to uh, a veteran, I took my Zoom H6, it's a, let me see if I can not mess, let me see if I don't mess this up. So this is a Zoom H6, handy recorder. Um, and the cool thing about it is, it's a recorder, it's a mixer, I can add up to six microphones, make them all sound differently. I have my shotgun and my condenser mic run into this. The, the point is I can take that, put it in a car, and cars sound really good. Cars sound really good to record audio in, believe it or not. They're, the, the newer cars are, yes, all awesome. Wow. This guy is bringing it. I love it. Show that, show that again. I want to. Oh. Yeah, bring it up here, yeah. What do, what do you have? Oh, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a Zoom. It's the same thing. Or I'll talk, I want to talk to you in a second. But the thing is, you can take something as small as this and talk to somebody. And once somebody feels like you're not just putting them on and you're not just trying to get Facebook likes and you let the recorder run, they'll start talking to you. So I'm curious, what's your name? And tell me about your, your, your recorder. Uh, my name is David. And uh, actually, I do a radio show here at uh, Radio Massasoit. All right. And... Um, but one thing I don't really have is interviews yet. Um, but that was something I wanted to start doing. Um, so I decided to, like you said, grab this. And um, you're, you're right, the, the Zoom is perfect. Um, being a DJ, you know, I have like DJ mixes and sometimes I do like events when I go out. You know, a lot of times people, they enjoy the music there and stuff, but then they want to hear, you know, the birthday speech or the wedding, whatever, and I can use my Zoom plug it into my board, all the sound that goes through it gets recorded into this. It's great quality. You know, but I actually really bought it so I could do, you know, interviews out and about. I like that. I, I see I DJ too and I never thought about using the Zoom on my It's perfect because yeah. I mean when you have, you know, the microphones, your wireless mics or whatever, yeah. you know, people are doing the toast to this person or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people don't get to record that on like, you know, their video their right, yes. cameras and stuff. So once I'm done with whatever event it is, you know, I have it all recorded here and it's something additional that I offer to them and say, you know, I recorded the whole of it, you know, if you'd like a copy of it, you know, I can give you a copy of it or whatever. That's nice. That's nice. I learned something today. <laughs> no, the, the Zoom totally changed my, my, uh, my product, if you will. 
I was recording with a Blue Yeti USB microphone, which was 50 bucks. It was good to kind of start off with and kind of cut my teeth on. Uh, there were a lot of frustrating nights trying to get it to sound good after I recorded it on Audacity. And I didn't appreciate the Zoom. I wouldn't appreciate the Zoom if I hadn't gotten the Blue Yeti. So it wasn't a waste of time. My first you know, couple of podcasts were really sounding rough. About number 40 or 50, I got this, and it changed everything and change what I was able to do. And, and that's kind of how this has been. This has been this has been a process. This has not been somebody handing me a check saying, go do it. Look, I've met guys, and I don't know how, they've gotten their wives to sign off on a home equity loan to build a podcast studio. Yeah. I mean, this guy spent $32,000. Wow. Not, 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 not a grand, not 500 for a recorder and, and a microphone, but $32,000. That's insane. You know but you don't have to do that. What I want to see is um, for the crowd here, I want to ask people if you were to start a podcast tomorrow. I want to hear some ideas. Cause this is, I want to ask this because this is how I got him with us and helped him out. I'm going to ask you how, if you were to start a podcast, what would you think you'd start a podcast about? I'd probably start things about Brockton, about the good things going on in the city, local politics. City of champions. Right. Yeah, I'm on Brockton Hub all the time, so. And, that, and I, that, I say that all the time. There's not enough good about Brockton. No, there's not. And Brockton it's used to have there. WBET and then WXBR. Mm -hmm. And we don't have that anymore. And a city of 100,000 people should certainly have local radio. And we push that. I know I push that all the time for our show, The Booth. And we have people come on our show. And, and we've talked about it. You know, and you know, we make jokes about Brockton. But again, we, you're right. It's, you know, it's, it's a major hub. Taunton has a radio station. There's a lot going on in Brockton right now. There's a lot of building downtown. A lot of developers are coming in. We're in an election season. It's a big election season. And it's season going too. to be a very big, a big election rematch. season. Yeah, yes. We have a big rematch coming up this year. We have Jimmy taking on Mr. Carpenter again. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very interesting. But Jean is into this race, and he comes with deep pockets. So it's going to be real interesting. My ward counselor, Ann Burrard, Ward 5, she's leaving her seat. She's going to go for city council. Ray Hennison, so it's a very right. big race. And you're right, it should be related to a daily thing. Now that we're, you know, we're losing the enterprise, right. you know, it's, it's tough. You know, it is tough. If you gentlemen right here in the front, yeah. if you were to start a podcast, what would your idea be? What, what do you mean? Like if you wanted to do your own radio show, what would you pick for an idea? Um, like something related to music? Really? Yeah. <clears throat> what kind of music, though? Because you could go anywhere. You could go with <clears throat> something like a Dr. Demento show, you know, where you feature crazy music. Kind of music, just, just rock, really, like, like kind of like Rush or ACDC or something like that. Yes, yes, bingo. So, so that's that's something that you could do, but you would have to get your own spin on it. You'd have to bring in your own idea to make it your again brand, so you know you'd be able to push. It. You just couldn't come on and just play 80s music and be like, yeah, come listen to my 80s music because <laughs> it, you're not gonna listen. You'd have to come up with a way to grab people, pull them in. And make them listen every week. So you have that. That's you could take that idea and then, like I said, try to find your interviews. Eighties is great. You know why eighties is great? Because a lot of those guys are out of the mainstream media spotlight. So you could reach out to a guy like Ricky Rocket or somebody from the eighties and be like, "Hey, did you come on my podcast? You know what's going to happen?" And right. I tell people it's a fifty-fifty question when it comes down to interviews. Don't be afraid to ask anybody for an interview. And now, to be honest, I was in radio for a long time. 
And it was tough to get interviews. One of the things that social media has done, it has put you in direct contact with somebody. So you can reach out to somebody and say, hey, you wanna come on my podcast? True. And it's a 50-50 question. It's either yes or it's a no. And what's gonna happen is you're gonna reach out to them and the first thing you may get is, yeah, reach out to my PR person, my PR person will handle it. You know what you do? Don't write that off. Take that email down, reach out to that PR person, and then send that professional email and say, hey, I'd like to put this person on my podcast, and I'll tell you right now, if they're gonna, if you're gonna put that out there and ask for somebody for an interview, and they're gonna email the PR person, the first thing they're gonna ask you is, is what network you're on, and what are your numbers? Hmm. Like I said, Facebook is gonna give you your numbers. It's gonna tell you, and you're gonna put that right in. Just create a template letter, and then ask. And I'll tell you right now, 80s rock, you're gonna get those guys. Sweet. You're gonna get the Ricky Rockets, you're gonna get the Mick Myers. You're gonna get all those guys, because that's not selling on commercial radio right now. True. And you'll build your brand that way. Awesome. Dead, dead awesome. Nice. One, one note, I, I cannot stress this enough. If you take nothing else out of today, never, ever underestimate the power of a handwritten thank you note. I send a handwritten thank you note to every guest after I talk to them. And it's amazing how, you know, I'll, I'll send them an email or a text or a, or a Twitter response and they'll get right back to me. It, it, it's it's amazing. They remember that. Facebook shout out is great. Facebook like is great. A text is good. But if you take the time to get somebody's address and just say, hey, thanks for your time and, and how you told your story. I really appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again. And put that in the, in the mailbox and send it. You will stick in their mind further than anybody else who's just asking them for stuff. Mm -hmm. Hey, talk to me. Talk and never given anything back. You've given something back. And it doesn't have to be a branded thank you note, it can be just a simple thank you note, but I, you've got to start doing it. One of the reasons I've been able to get some repeat guests is because they know that, hey, this got the time to thank me. I'm gonna talk to him again. I'm gonna give him a little bit more this time. So just, just, just a little blurb I wanna get out there today. And never talk bad about anybody in the radio. Never. Radio is so connected. The people you interview is so connected. And to be honest, when you look at Facebook and look at mutual friends and see how people are so connected, never, ever, ever talk bad about anybody in radio. It just, it will come back to bite you 20 to be honest. So that's another thing to remember too. Like if you're looking to start doing interviews, like I said, put a wish list together. Get five people that you think you choose. Get five people together you think you want from the 80s on your show. Okay. Like I said, reach out. They're out there. You're on Twitter. Shoot yes, sir. I, I tune in. If you could get, get Don Dawkins on your show, I'd listen to Hoppy because he's like the biggest a-hole out there. George Lynch, great guitarist. That's a guy that you be great on your show, George Lynch. Nice. Some of the best guitars out there in the 80s. No, thank you. Oh, thank you for coming in. Yeah, there's new, new sessions starting um, in different places, so uh, you don't have people coming in here and doing work. Okay. Uh, I have a question. Yeah, absolutely. So, Thanks, man. Um, gotten in the same boat as him. I want to do like a music podcast. Mm -hmm. My issue is like with the content because it's like copywritten, oh, it's like it never, it can't stay up there. It always gets taken down, and. You know, I would like to do maybe a commercial radio, but at the same time, it's hard to break into that area. So, depending so on the music and stuff. For him, doing. he doesn't deal with music on his show, but for us, right. an IDJ. So, 
I used to actually DJ events over Facebook Live, and then all of a sudden they'd find a song while I'm mixing. And so what I started doing is, is I came up with a disclaimer, and I put that disclaimer up when I go live, telling people that this music isn't owned by me, but it's you can get it here, 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 here. So say that you're doing a mix show, and you already know what music you're putting into your mix show, take those songs, put links as to where they can buy those songs. And make sure you put in big letters that you don't own it, but this is where you can get it. And uh, sometimes that will keep you from, because what happens is, is Facebook will pick it up and then it will go right out to the people who own the copyright. Then it goes back to them and then they decide whether or not they want you to use their music. If you're giving them a shout and letting them know that they can buy, that people can buy their music through what you're mixing and putting out there, they're going to think about it and keep, and they're not going to block you from having that music. For me, because because that's what happens. Like if, when I do my my content, I'll try to put it on like SoundCloud and it yeah. gets taken down, or yeah. Facebook Live and it's taken down. Like most of the places I try to put it, it gets taken down, so yeah, people don't get to hear it. Because they have the same software as Shazam, and, they, and it picks up that that content. So that's one of the ways kind of around it. Or you can pay ASCAPs and stuff. Like I'm in the DJ pool, so I pay BPM Supreme right now. It's nineteen to twenty dollars a month. I get access to music, but I have the rights to those songs. So, because I mean, I'm in a record pool as well. I'm in franchise. Hey, you're in franchise. I'm in yeah, franchise. Yeah, but the music I put up are those songs, right? Mm -hmm. But again, when I put it on SoundCloud, SoundCloud's just like, oh well, this is an artist. Yeah, and this see, is I a song. yeah, I don't deal with SoundCloud. And then it's gone. Yeah, SoundCloud's a whole different thing. If you're gonna be doing Facebook Live, that's the way around it. On the, I was gonna on say, so are there any other? Uh, any other hosts that you can recommend as far as putting up content? That I'm might not saying be taken there? right now, the beast is, is doing your stuff through Facebook Live. It's growing. Facebook, thank you. Facebook Live is coming so fast um, that Facebook Live is, like I said, it's giving you the numbers that you can sell yourself. It's giving you that back and forth with your listeners or viewers. So. We're, I know SoundCloud is a monster when it comes to audio, but I'm just telling you, Facebook and YouTube are, yeah, they're growing, and they've got a bundle of money behind them. So if you want to keep doing mix shows and putting them out there, what you want to do is, okay, so now you, you've seen, anybody seen these motion graphics that everybody's putting up now on Facebook? Yeah, they can To see. sell their, their items and things like that? So what you want to do is you want to get like a motion graphic. Now they have motion graphics, so when you do a mix show, it, it gets the bass, it makes the bass and stuff like that. Get on that, and like I said, do that disclaimer. Like I said, go that route that way. Don't even bother with, with the SoundCloud. And my, that's my opinion. Go with Facebook Live, and then start doing it that way. Yeah, that's my way. Anybody else? Got some new faces in here. I know. We got a ton of new faces. So we might as well introduce ourselves again. So. I'll let you go first. Sure. My name is Travis Partington uh, with Oscar Mike Radio. This is my podcast live. At the fourth annual Dale Dorman Media Day, why is that significant? Because, well, a couple reasons. One, this is the first time I've come here where it's not been raining, cold, wet, and nasty. Every year for the last four years, it's been absolutely miserable. But four years ago, this is not a lie, because we're going to find the picture. Nice. So this, well, this is a great example of what we're talking about, about the strength of podcasting. So this woman who's just right here, I'm, I'm here, and she's voicing her name. Her name is Cindy Ethiopasta. She's actually running for Ward 5. She's a politician. She's 
running to be a politician. So again, like I said, they'll come. People will come. If your product's good and she liked what he was doing and she's boom. And you get people like her. She's running for office. So you bring her on your show, on your podcast, and say, okay, I want to talk politics. I want to bet a Brockman. I'm going to get this. She's already given us the stuff, which means she's looking to come on the show. She's not elected yet, but you bring her on your podcast, whatever you're doing, and she's elected, she'll be loyal to you. Everybody that we've ever had on our shows, when you get them early on, they'll be loyal, especially music, anything. They'll be loyal to you. So I, I was sitting where you're sitting four years ago. No lie. There's a picture. We're going to get it. But I was sitting in the audience four years ago, and, and I served in the military. I served in the Marine Corps. I was a radar operator for a surface-to-air missile system. We shot airplanes out of the sky. And years later, uh, in 2010, 2011, a lot of my guys that I served with started having real problems. And I, I wanted to do something to raise awareness about those problems. And I tried a blog, I tried this, I tried that. I went to a radio station, and like I told people before, the radio station said, hey, for uh, $2,000 a month, three months up front, you can come on the radio and talk all you want. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but six grand before you even say a word was kind of not a good way to look at this. And so I'm coming here, I'm sitting in the audience like you guys are now, and Keith's up here talking about his platform called Hoobazoo. And like, this, this might work if he wants to get behind me and kind of help me, because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. And it's still a learning process, right? So I approached Keith my idea, told him what I was about, and he's like, I want you to do this, this, and this. And literally, I got an email like a week later of 10 things he wanted me to do. So I did them, I said, here they are, they're all done, what's next? And he gave me another three or four things, but over time, what those, what those, when I say things, it's like, hey, do you have your podcast idea written down? Do you have like an outline of your business plan? This is a hobby. This is a way to advocate. This is a way to have fun. This is a way to, to network. This is a way to make change. But if you think of it as a, as a serious thing, people will take you seriously. And one of the people taking me seriously, I, I, got, a, I got a plugger is my sponsor, Joyce Asak, with Remax Synergy in Brockton. Hey, Joyce, if you're watching this, thanks a lot for the support. Um, we're going to go a long way. What's happened over time is I've been able to start with knowing nothing to gain an idea of what I'm doing. I'm able to come here and set this up and make this all work. I've got two cameras going. I've got two mics going, and it's all working. And I'm having a great time here. I'm having an absolute blast watching people interact with me, interact with Keith, asking questions, questions I've asked before. What should I buy? What works? What doesn't work? So it's nice to be able to share this with you. This is four years in the making. This has not happened overnight. And I'm, this is interactive. So if you have questions for me or Keith, uh, let, them, let them come. Yes, sir. Um, first off, I'm, my name is it's Ryan Reynolds. I'm present here. I'm asking no way. College. Get out. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. We, got, we got the Ryan Reynolds. Yes. I can't say anything. <laughs> you look a lot better than the other Ryan Reynolds I'm thinking of. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but what was, your, what was your biggest struggle with this? My biggest struggle? Wow, that's a good one. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to joke about it. Now. Oh, man. Yeah, we can joke about I it. I can joke. Okay, so about, about, about 8 to 12 podcasts in, I get a note from the other half of Hubu's saying, look, dude, you got to loosen up. I know you're military, I know you got a military background, I know you're organized, but you've got to loosen up. Because I would, I would, I would talk like this. Hi, Ryan, 
We're going to talk about F-16s today. Yes, sponsors so oh, awesome. Yeah, Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about F-16s today. F-16s are called ballistic aircraft, and this is why they're called ballistic aircraft. They're called, and he's like, dude, you're killing me. You're absolutely killing me. you got to loosen up. you got to make it a conversation. you gotta, you got to get some, I don't know, but change your approach. And that it's was like tough. <laughs> oh, all my all my military's like that's, that's that's pretty good, Travis. You know that's ooh rah, that's that's hardcore. But he's like, dude, you're not going to connect with somebody who's not military, and that's that's really I want to connect with everybody, but I want to connect with my military brothers, and I want to connect with you all as well. So this this Travis you're seeing right now, who's kind of like you know winging it, having a good time. And when I say winging it, just be able to kind of free ball it was not this Travis four years ago. Travis, yeah, Travis when you first probably didn't use the word free ball. No, I didn't use the word free ball. <laughs> and here's another great thing. I just want to let people know. We've only been on here broadcasting for 56 minutes. Um, what? That's it? 56. Wow, I'm we've having fun. We've already reached 199 people we've reached already in our, in our podcast. Um, he was talking about this sponsor, Joyce Asak. Joyce Asak, it's a message that he's broadcasting live. Guess what she's doing? Joyce Asak is right now live in the chat, and she says, Joyce Asak is watching, and she just said, thank you, of course I'm watching, I'm great to be, I'm great to be part of the Osprey Radio family. So again, this goes back into where podcasting is becoming a major threat to commercial radio, because again, you're getting your stuff real time, you're hitting people in the face right as you're going live, broadcast live, you're getting those numbers, again, He's live right now. He has his numbers of how many people he's reached. Commercial radio, they don't get those numbers until the end of the month when Arbitron sends them to him. Right here, podcasting, you're getting those numbers live. So. But, but being, being, being kind of relaxed, loose, and free, and, and, and really kind of conversational, getting to that point was difficult. It only came with time. Can I ask one, can I ask one Absolutely. question? Absolutely. This is actually the key. How about you, struggles? Uh, struggles with yeah. podcasting? Yeah, so, yours. So that's kind of an unfair question for me, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I was brought in, I wrote articles for newspapers and magazines and stuff, and then a guy, Mark Chappetta, brought me onto his radio show here in Brockton for the longest time. So before I started doing podcasts, before I was even podcasting, I was in radio. So I knew what I needed to do with my voice. I knew what I needed to do to keep people engaged and bring them in. So it's kind of an unfair question. So I would have to say the best advice is coming from him because when we did the podcasting, the real only struggle we had, and we never really overcame it, is we were so far ahead of the curve when it came to podcasting. Like I said, we were podcasting before anybody even knew what podcasting was. So for us, it was trying to sell that idea of making somebody go on the internet and listen to a radio show that they had missed. And when we started doing that, people were like, nobody's ever going to listen to a radio show that they missed. Nobody cares that they missed Hot 96.9 in the morning. Guess what? Now people do. People do go and listen to the podcasts and the shows that they missed. And what's even better is, is like with this whole thing that just went down with Jammin' 94.5. There were so many people upset at the fact that they dumped the breakfast club. And with, with Ashley, I have no problems with Ashley. You know, congratulations. Ashley is actually, it's a historic moment in Boston Radio. Why? Because it's the first time, here we are, 2019. It's the first time that they've ever had a woman hosting a morning show in the Boston area. That's that's really amazing. It, that's crazy. You would go back and think, man, I thought this woman, nope, she wasn't the host. Nope, she was the host. 
Nope, she was a co-host. Ashley Feldman is the first female to host a Boston radio show. That's big. That's that's big. So hopefully, much success to her, and we'll see what happens. But that's that's probably the struggle. Like I said, if you come up with an idea, come up with a brand, um, his struggles are probably more of what you're going to face because I was already I already had a name set out there. Um, one of the things too that I got to tell you about too, if it does take off, if you do get popular, if things happen, be prepared for doing things outside your realm. One of the things that happened to me was was that. I got popular, and then all of a sudden I was asked to do ring announcing for mixed martial arts. So now I'm like, oh my God, I've never done that before. Now I go to the fights, and I'm the ring announcer for the fights. I was asked to start doing football games. I actually get so busy sometimes that I said, who, no, can, that's I right, that's who right. can I get to do my games? So this guy First down, Buccaneers. For doing football games. Well, and, and that was the thing, if I can, if I can just, mm -hmm. so I'm sitting there, it's August, didn't, everything going on he's like hey can you fill in for me doing this football game I'm like you've got to be out of your mind I've never called a football game in my entire life are you crazy he's like you can do it get get, get suited up get kid up and come here down to Bridgewater you're doing the football game and, and it's not that I wouldn't do it but I had to be willing to get out of my comfort zone because I'm used to sitting at my mic and doing my thing and football games live with mm -mm. And so to his point, if you're open to different experiences and saying yes, crazy stuff happens. I'm, I'm doing the football game and, and you know, I'm told, hey, tell those kids over there that you know, throwing the trash is not, not a good idea. And I'm like, your attention please. Children, trash goes in the trash can. The crowd loved it. And I just had fun doing it. And I learned so much by being able to to, to do stuff like that. And those kinds of opportunities are out there if you're willing to be open to them. And, um, and here's another funny story about that too, and, and a lot of people don't know this, but now I can say this. So I, I did these football games. And one of the games I did was the first matchup in semi-pro football was the gentleman who was killed by Aaron Hernandez. For me being a radio guy and paying attention, there were a lot of things said by people that day when they presented his jersey, Olden Lloyd's jersey, to his fiance at that time. And I paid attention and listened. And one of the things that I heard when people were talking about this whole thing, and I have friends who were in radio, that I had heard back then that Aaron Hernandez was gay. I couldn't tell who I heard it from. I couldn't say who I heard it from, because in radio, you always want to protect your source. But I used to tell people, he's gay. That's why he committed the murder he committed. Everybody said, no, 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 it was this, this, this. I'm like, I'm just letting you know. He's gay. How do you know? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. There's another reason why I found out is because of other things. But when it came out that he was gay, my inbox was flooded. Because people were like, wow, how did you know that? Uh, I can't tell you, but that's the type of stuff. Pay attention. Pay attention to all the things around you. Pay attention to what's being said. Can I actually get a raise of hands in the room? How many, how many of you all are in high school? Oh, oh, Jesus. oh, what? I was about to say. Get <laughs> out. All you all in high school put those hands together. Where, 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 okay, which high school? Yeah. Oh, Southeastern. Southeastern. Hey, Norfolk Ag, you okay? Watch it. <laughs> so, why are you all here? Why, where, someone tell me why you guys are here today. We're on a field trip. You're on a field trip? Yeah. I graduated from Southeastern. 
So what? So somebody tell me, it doesn't have to be you, or it can be you, introduce yourself and tell me, what do you guys think about all this today? Um, my name is Paige Parma, and I actually, I really love the campus, and I love what I've seen so far. So you, are you all part of like a radio class, or? They have that there now? Yeah. Really? See, they didn't have that when we were there. So like, um, well, you video performing arts is like just a huge shop that has um, video production, Cheated in high school. <laughs> see, just everything that we had there when I was there was, it was just all trade stuff. So radio, to see that they're going that route and seeing this many students, oh Christ, that's obvious. Go ahead. Um, so when you went to Southeastern, um, what shop were you in, and when did you realize that that was meant for you? That was meant for no, it wasn't for me. I'm still. I'm, that's my career. I, I went to Diesel Repair. Um, I graduated at an early age. I graduated at 16 in '84. I went and started working at the MBTA in 1988 as a diesel mechanic. Um, I worked at the MBTA for 23 years, and now I'm up at Logan Airport as a maintenance manager. So I stayed in my field. I'm one of those guys who went to Southeastern and stayed in his field and, and made a career of it. So it can happen. Um, and then radio was something that I was doing on the side, and it's just worked out. Yes, sir. Oh, we also do our own podcast. At yeah, we just yeah. finished doing our own podcast. Oh, we got to write this down. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm an alumni. I, like I said, I graduated from Southeast. They're whole memoirs. So I'm going to have a show with a ton of support. taught us how to use um, a smaller soundboard kind of type thing. And we recorded um, like 30 minutes to like 45 minutes. Like Are you guys putting your podcast out over the air? Yeah, it's right on now? iTunes. Uh, yeah. It is on iTunes? Yeah. yeah. What's the name of it? Hot Dogs. Hot Dogs? Hot Dogs? Hot Dogs? Oh, Hot Talk. Hot Talk. Hot Talk. Got it. Remember that. I won't forget that. Hot Dogs. Wow. So we got, a, we got a lot of people in the chat who are friends of mine that also graduated. So Dennis Donahue, he's in the chat. He also on the program. school website, there's a link. There's a link yeah. on the school website. Yeah. So, come up here. Somebody come up here and write that down before you guys leave. Yeah, and you guys can grab free stuff. We got free right. crap up here. Oh, right. okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, I heard you mention um, advocacy and stuff like that. And I wanted to know what was like how how you advocate if you do. Oh, wow. That's a, that's, a, that's a very good question. That's a good question. That's a great question. So, I, I feel I advocate in a couple ways. There, there, there are. Let's welcome some radio Massasoit students. Again, guys, we're live. We're live. We're live. As we heard. So, for those who are watching on Facebook Live, that guys from Radio Massasoit just drew this, and like I said, that big batch of students you guys are from Southeastern Region, which is funny because I am a Southeastern. Ooh. Oh, my reunion is so, actually this year. Oh, wow. So the answer to question, I'm sorry, what was your name? My name's Elliot. Elliot? Elliot? Okay. So I advocate with this podcast, I believe, in two ways. There are a lot of people, a lot of civilians like yourself out there who do good things for veterans or really help out veterans, whether it's building a wheelchair ramp for a veteran, whether it's doing spaghetti dinners for a vet's the VA, my Marine Corps League just donated uh, fishing poles 
to the beds at the Brockton VA so they could use them. And, and I feel compelled to tell that story. And a lot of people are not looking for Facebook likes or social media engagement, but if you take the time out of your day to support one of my brothers and sisters, I, I want to tell your story. I want to find out how and why you did that. That's something extra that a lot of people don't do, believe it or not. So, especially if you're a civilian, I want to find out why. And then the, the, the aspect of veteran suicide and PTSD and other problems that's faced the VA and other places, I raise awareness about those issues. There's a, there's a feeling out there that veteran suicide isn't really a big problem. And my podcast dropping tonight is about an artist named Scott Lobedo, who is out of Staten Island, New York. I interviewed him last week outside, so it was, it was challenging in that way. But he created an exhibit with Oscar Mike Radio Facebook page to find out more. And he made an exhibit about 22 vets a day. And getting to talk to him and tell his story and advocate on behalf of somebody is, is really an honor. I would say the third way is I get a lot of emails, messages, phone calls saying, hey, Trav, you know, my laptop's busted. I have no laptop in my class. My car's broken. I need a suit for an interview. Can you help me out? I may not be able to help them out, or I may be able to help them out, but if I can't help them out, then I can connect them to somebody that will, a local veteran service officer in your town, uh, a local veterans organization, Maybe the Veterans MC Morsical Club, maybe another Veterans business owner. So it's, Oscar Mike, again, for people who don't know, is Military Speak for On The Move. And I feel that this has become something that I'm on the move all the time for veterans. So does that kind of, yeah. great. Thank you, that's, that's, that's yeah, was a, a wonderful question. question. Thank you so much. So I'm actually, I got their, their site, they have Southeast Regional Hot Talks. The, oh, the mascot, oh, wow. school Gosh, mascot. I, yeah. Hot Talks Park. Where did I get Hot Dog from? So they're on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So I would show these guys how to get their podcast even out further. So have you guys ever heard of Anchor yet? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So Anchor, what they're doing right now, Anchor will take your podcast and they submit it to other podcast sites so it will maximize your reach. Are you guys doing any Facebook Lives yet? No, but we, we do do school news. It's on YouTube. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So this is a whole half for you guys doing podcasts. It's no big deal, right? You're, you're experts. <laughs> oh, no? I'm, I'm going on your iTunes right now to see how many. Yes, sir. I, I actually had a question. So would you, if, if you... Uh, record to a pre-recorded episode. Would you still Facebook Live that or no? I'm doing that more and more. more so, more, so more. when I when I get the, the episode set, the podcast set, then I can use Open Broadcast Studio to then push that to Facebook Live as a live cast. Okay. Or sometimes I'll get really fancy and I'll record me doing the the podcast and all the the hisses, sounds, and and mess ups are there. Like put that on Facebook Live. People like that because it's it's real authentic things they've never seen before. So there's a lot of different ways you can do this. And the reason why that, that's a good that good question is because before you came in, we were talking about this whole thing with Facebook Live. Now, two years ago, Facebook Live was unveiled for radio for doing your own shows. I want to say what like three days before we came here for right, radio convention. Right, right. Two years ago, and I told people at the radio convention, like, hey. This Facebook Live is going to be a monster. And it used to crash and all that stuff. 
But now, even taking pre-recorded content and scheduling it to go out over Facebook Live, you can say, okay, I'm gonna record my content. I'm gonna, you guys, even in Southeastern, you guys can record your show, put it out on Facebook Live, right? Then what you do is you say, okay, I'm gonna put the recorded show out, but then I'm gonna get people involved in the live chat, because that live chat is still gonna be open. So now, even though you've got your recorded show, it's nice, it's polished, it sounds good, you can still interact with your audience through the live chat. So you can have your show playing wherever, you can be out with the wife or the girlfriend or whatever, and still be involved with that live chat, building your brand and bringing those numbers in. So if you're thinking about taking a recorded show and putting it out over Facebook Live, I would say it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer because it's gonna give you interaction, which is why podcasting is such a big threat to commercial radio, especially talk radio. It's a huge threat. The numbers are there. Like I said, they're selling out Wilbur Theater for podcasts right now. So I mean, that, if you had told me that that was what happened years ago, I'd be like, oh. So it's, it's a great format to see all you guys. Oh, this is well, amazing. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't think high school was even touching base on podcasts, and that's friggin'. I'd love to come out to see. Yeah, go ahead and back. I just uh, I'm not in high school. So. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, oh, I've got a number to report. <laughs> What's the best advice you would give to someone who start to think and start their own podcast? Should they record like a couple of episodes to record first? One, two, three, before put out there? So you kind of want like a step? Yeah. Tell him what I told you. Because he, he was here four years ago. This guy was right here with you guys. He came to me. And now this guy has got his own brand. Look at this. This is crazy. In four years. He's got a, a great fan base. He's got sponsors. So, so I think if four years ago, wow. Um, I believe you told me what you wanted me to do was organize my thoughts, write them down, and then record. Don't worry about editing. Don't worry about you know all the bells and whistles. Just get the recording process down. Get you to listen to your own voice. Okay. Do that, and then you know. We'll look, listen to it and we'll put it up right then and there because a lot of people from my experience talk to me and they're like, I did, I recorded 10 podcasts and never put them up. Well, then why'd you record? Okay? I, I've had guys tell me, hey, well, I've had my podcast in conception for, you know, two years. Okay, if you're talking about the Boston Red Sox, a whole lot's happened in two days, much less two years. So what, what Keith told me to do is, Organize your ideas, record, put it out there. Your first one's not going to be anything to write home about. Maybe it will be. I don't know. Mine was not. It took me a while. But at least I got the process of putting out content consistently. And that's a major key. Consistency. Because one, one thing about podcasting is people will subscribe. And they'll listen to your podcast. They'll stay loyal to your podcast. But you have to be consistent because... When the summer comes along, you say, oh, I'm going to go to Six Flags. I'm not going to do my podcast. And then the following week comes, you say, oh, I'm going to go out this place. Then in those two weeks, I'll tell you right now, you'll lose half your listener base. And if they're subscribers through Spotify or something like that, and I'll tell you right now, I've had it happen with somebody else that we helped them do their show. And this was a guy who was on Fox, and he used to take time off. And then he'd say, I got people in my inbox because the show isn't updated on iTunes because he didn't do a show. You're gonna lose listeners like that. So for you guys who are starting out at that high school level, I wish I had that, because you guys can, 
you guys could build a serious brand together. Come up, you guys got a melting pot of ideas that you guys could put together and get interviews. And I can tell you right now, being in high school and doing interviews with people, people will come to you because you're young. You, you represent what buys, what the market is. College kids do. You guys represent what, who pays money for whatever. I would say right now, like for you guys right now who are doing, you guys are still in school, right? You guys are in there until June. All right, so like the Hot 96, um, the Jammin' 94.5 concert is coming up, right? So for you guys, I would tell you guys right now as a homework assignment, I'd say, okay, the Jammin' 94.5 concert is coming up. Ashley Feldman is the radio show. Mark Feldman is the friggin', the guy who's the director. I would get together a template letter right now, right friggin' now. I'd go back to school, get a nice template letter written to Hot Night on Jammin' 94.5, and I would say, hey, we're the students of blah, 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 blah. We have a podcast. We want to have Cardi B on our show for an interview. Will she give us 10 minutes of our time? It's a 50-50 question. It's either yes or it's a no. I'll tell you right now, it's worth going back to school, getting that letter drawn up, and if you guys get Cardi B on your show to help promote the 94.5 concert, imagine what that would do for your numbers for your school and help your school. I'm just telling you, that's, that's the type of stuff that you could do as a group. Just, it, it's crazy, because it could happen. So let me, let me Everybody sure, wants to promote something. Let me make sure I understand this. You all are in the same class together in high school, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's a ton of minds together. That's and you, crazy. And so, so you guys can all help each oh, other there's out? There's more of us. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, 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 there's more. 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 Oh, we might have to go down there. That's my one. Yeah, the entire class of And we have seniors that can help us too. So, 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 you guys just feel so, crap on me. Yeah, there's one of us in our class, and then the seniors are on the same cycle as us, and there's about when you're more of them. So who's in charge of doing the podcast over there? Everybody has a piece, or? Yeah. We have four, three different teachers. Yeah. Three different teachers? Yeah. So we have a different How lucky you are. Yeah. You guys do your own promotion? Do you guys have a Facebook page? There's a Facebook, there's a Twitter, there's a YouTube, there's a We have Instagram, too. Do you guys do interviews with people? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on our news channel and YouTube channel, we go out and we interview people like around the school. Like, no, I mean like celebrities. Like, do you guys have a news channel? So that's what. I'm, so, so that's what I'm gonna tell you. And even these guys, the college guys here too. Like I'm telling, I'm telling you right now. When it comes down to interviews and people say that, oh, I can't get this person on our show. Again, don't be afraid to email something. Something you guys have that we didn't have, that I didn't have in radio for years, is social media. And everybody has social media. Every freaking star or somebody has social media. Before some of you guys came in, you can reach out to almost any star, any sports celebrity out there through their social media. Some of them put their PR person on there. And again, like I said, it's a 50-50 question. As long as you make it look professional and you represent yourself a certain way. I'll tell you right now, if I was Cardi B's manager and I got an email from the students of Southeast and that was written properly, and saying, hey, we'd like you to come on our show for 10 minutes. We'll record it or whatever. I'll tell you right now, if I'm her manager, I'm like, yo, that's your fan base. Let's do this. You're gonna be there in friggin' three weeks. Let's get these tickets sold. She's headlining. I'm gonna say it's a no-brainer. And thank you notes, gotta have thank yeah, you notes. Yeah, like he was saying. Yeah. Handwritten thank you notes, guys. So for the college, the college guys, wait a minute, all the high schoolers are like laughing you guys. What are you guys, what are you guys, what are the college guys doing? Yeah, Ryan, what are we doing? <laughs> 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 Thanks for calling me out. Wow. Thanks for calling me out.
call me out, y'all. You're present, man. Yes, and I'm trying to make sure we got numbers and stuff. It's a joint effort, though. We all we all work together. So, so these guys are all from something. You guys are here. Do you guys have a podcast from when I was here at Massasoit? They just got. They were going back and forth with getting a tower. Now they've got a tower. Now they've got the station and stuff. Now, so where are you guys at right now? Now we're trying to set up a like a with, with, with station in Middleborough yes. for them to stream us so out of there. We're doing five. some stuff with 885 yep. WRRS and 88.7. 88. 88. Oh, I think I cut some thermals. Oh, that was 88.7. Is us? Okay. okay. What is it? Okay. But you're still trying to get it. You're still trying to get it. Are you guys still broadcasting though? Yes. So I've done at least three shows here. I have two currently. I have a country music show and a pop show. I've I've done a wrestling talk show with these with these guys. Okay. Did you get a video game show going here? Uh, we there, there is someone who might be trying to set something up. Joe, Joe has one. Them, that's that's that's. Four years ago, I was telling somebody, jump on video games, and they were like, ah, oh, and I'm like, now Twitch and everything is like out of control. And again, from the, at the high school level, again, anybody who's a gamer. Video games is like, oh my gosh. Like, we got one back. Yeah, my yeah. son For my podcast, I actually did Twitch and video games for my assignment. Nice. Yeah. So I did, and here's the funny thing, too. You never know how far you can go with the podcasting. And, you know, podcasting takes you into YouTube. And I have, a, I have a, a buddy of mine who knows a state trooper. And it's a great story. So his buddy's a state trooper. And he has a daughter and a son. And his, he's real busy. He's telling me the story that his daughter is 17, I think he said. And he said that his daughter had asked him about going to get her license when it was time. And he told her, yeah, he was still going to help her. She went through driver's ed. She went and just got her license. And she said she told her dad she wanted to go get a car. And I guess she went down to buy a car. It was like an $80,000 Lexus. He's like, you're not going to afford this car. Let's get out of here. And she's like, but yeah, dad, I can so he's telling me that he went home with, the, with his daughter and told his wife about her trying to buy an $80,000 car. And he told, I guess she told him that she does a YouTube channel with toys. Come to find out his daughter's like the number five YouTuber on friggin' YouTube. And she's got like a million one subscribers. He was just telling me this story. His daughter's like got all this money and I guess he's like, I guess so. I guess she went down and bought like $80,000. I forget her name. It's freaking Kelly something, but she's like this. And it's funny because it's, you guys are at that age where it sells. You can become instantaneous doing things the right way. I took my, I just took my stepson to see Logan Paul, I think it was. I'm like, who's this Logan Paul? Who's this Logan Paul guy? My stepson is you can all can say whatever you want about Logan Paul, but from a radio perspective and stuff, I took my stepson to go see Logan Paul at the House of Blues in Boston, right? Here I am, I'm thinking Logan Paul, he's a virtual nobody in my mind. We get off the train at Kenmore Station. The line to see this guy, Logan Paul, was all the way up from the House of Blues, down and around to Yawkey Way. Then we get in there, the place was standing room only, he was selling t-shirts for $50. You know what? Before half the women, girls, little girls left that place, guess what? He sold out of t-shirts. They couldn't sell the t-shirts anymore at $50 a pop. Then friggin' three months later I hear him and his brother 
are fighting two other YouTubes on a pay-per-view <laughs> over in Europe. So I'm like, they're absolutely nobody. The numbers come in, they were the highest paid YouTubers in the history of pay-per-views. It was the highest ordered pay-per-view for a non-athletic event. These are two guys who started out just doing Vine. <laughs> so, I have a couple questions. One, I'm a marketing major, so I'm gonna ask something really boring. But um, how do you, what uh, do you find to be most profitable as far as advertising? Do you like product placement? You know, live reads, things like that. Do you just put ads directly in your show? Um, what I do and people find valuable is me taking this rig here or some semblance of it and coming to their company and talking about their business, their service, their product, right here. Okay. So you get product placement. I get access to the owner of the business right, right then and there. I get to play with the product while I'm doing this online. I get to talk about it. And as a bonus, you get to engage with customers. So those four things allow me to do something that your TV station or radio station cannot do, will not do, unless you want to pay a lot of, a lot of money. A lot of money, let me tell you, it's a lot of money. And so that's, that's, well that's the freedom too. Like right. When you're doing your own, guys, when you're doing your own podcast, that's the freedom of it. It's your brand, it's your product. You can bring your sponsors in. The radio network isn't telling you, yeah, we're putting a sponsor here, 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 because they pay for that sponsor spot. You can bring your brand in. Like I said, I don't know if you guys are familiar with ilovebostonsports.com. They've got these crazy Patriot t-shirts and things like that that they have online. He's one of our sponsors. And what he does is he has us giving a shirt away for people who are in our live chat. So when our show is broadcasting live, we pick a winner and we give a shirt away. And that's that's one of the things we do as a sponsorship. So, so I'm bringing you another guest just to come in for a second. Yeah, cool. he, I, he didn't know I was pulling him in here. But this is an uh, <laughs> independent uh, filmmaker who just did a, a session on horror around the other room. And when and when he is done, one of you just guys point him back to where he has to be next. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you can do that. All right. Sorry, Sorry, I'm going to throw you right into the frying pan. Yeah. I guess, uh, <laughs> I'll let you introduce yourself first. Sure. Uh, I'm Daniel Brown. I'm an independent filmmaker in the uh, in the Massachusetts. I've made six short films. They're all available on Amazon Prime. Uh, three with a Prime account. And um, I just finished up my first <coughs> feature film, which is also a horror film. Uh, and I have many other projects, including a theatrically distributed uh, movie that I'm going to be director of photography on, starting next week, actually. So one thing that comes to mind when I hear you're a filmmaker, a lot of people tell me it's too hard, it's too difficult, I can't do it. And I disagree. I think there's never been a better time in human history if you have an idea or a thought to get it out there. What do you think about that? Is it now the time to tell your story regardless of the obstacles? Yes, now is definitely, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of equipment you have because when I started out, I started with um, a Canon T3i. And if, I don't know how, many, how much you guys know about cameras or anything like that, but um, 
that's not the best. That's not the best camera to shoot a movie on. Uh, but it got me by to start putting my name out there, making a small reel, whatever you want to make out of it. Uh, then I upgraded to a Canon 5D, which is honestly very affordable now. Um, and a lot of college students, including professional filmmakers, used the Canon 5D to make a film. Like it was, it was used in the Avengers for a couple scenes, I believe. And then um, definitely season five of House, which is one of my favorite drama TV shows. Um, they used the entire, they, they used that camera for the entire fifth season to shoot. So it's not like there's no options to go ahead and make a, a film based off of your equipment. Uh, now, if you have a story idea, that's something you really have to work and flush out. Um, a lot of people tell you, yes, you need to have it where it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Relatable to a crowd that you're looking for. And it's very true. But you still want it to be what you want inside. Because it's your passion. It's your, um, it's your project. It's your baby. So you know what you want out of it. I have a question. Yes. Um, distribution. Because years ago, there wasn't really many distribution outlets. And you're saying you're on Amazon Prime. Yeah. What does that do for distributors now? Because you see these people... You know, they're getting on the Amazon Prime. They're getting on Netflix. All of these streaming services are pulling in people that never got a chance in big Hollywood, and they're making money off it. So do you see a lot of filmmakers like yourself kind of going that route first now and saying that, hey, this is kind of the way to go because they're giving us that shot. They're giving us that chance. They're pulling in all these productions. Yeah, yeah totally. That's that's actually, it's, it's really good that it's happening. When I first found out um, about Amazon, it was way before anybody else knew about it. So I was like, yes. I can do this, you know. I can be, I can make a name for myself now. Unfortunately, it is getting a little bit, um, it's, it's not hit that point yet, but it is getting a little washed out yeah. um, because everybody's finding out about it. But it's still very good because everybody will look at it and be like, wow, you got on Amazon. And you know, if you don't know about that, people are gonna think you're already somewhat accomplished. Um, but to get back to the main point of that, yes, it gives everybody a good outlet to be able to see your work Sure, you got YouTube, you got Vimeo, which is great to be able to get exposure. Um, but I definitely think the, the way Amazon and um, even Netflix, there is a way to get movies on Netflix. Um, I think it's really good for uh, filmmakers. It really gives credibility to it. Any questions? Are you just horror specific, or do you? No, um, it, it's it's my genre of preference. Like I'd rather watch a horror film than a drama. But I have made dramas. Um, they're not my favorite to make, um, and a couple of the films that I've had, and I only say this because I've gotten better at what I, what I do, like my first films I don't really like as much, um, and I always think I can do better, but a lot of what I do is based off of horror, and I was just saying this to somebody, I think it's because you can be more creative, you can make the picture look the way you want, you can tell a story the way you want, and sure, you get that cliche, oh, um, why is this person going into the kitchen and calling out for the killer's name? You know, but there's there's other things that you can do. Um, Black guy does the first five minutes, right? Um, but yeah, I mean th that creativity, you can do whatever you want with it and still make it make sense. You know, and that's I think that's why I like it. Plus, I've always been a since a kid, I've been a huge paranormal fan. So I, I don't usually do killer or watch killer movies, but it's usually paranormal. Uh, so okay, I'm just curious, but. Uh, so when it comes to like screenwriting for when you like you make your films, do you find people to help you screenwrite, or do you come up with all your ideas, or you look for people to help uh, come up with ideas for you? So, yes, I don't. Well, I used to not. I used to write everything myself. I would never go through the the, the flossing process, for lack of a better term. Um, 
But this last project for the feature film, I was able to, I was lucky enough to be able to find people that were able to get behind me uh, and stick with me to write this movie. I told them I had an idea, this is what I want out of it, and we collaborated. Um, I even shot the movie with the, the script unfinished. We just decided, let's just, let's just do it, right? And some of the scenes that we, um, one of the scenes I actually showed in the session was one of the, was the last minute scene that we thought of the last day of filming on our main location. So we ended up just going back and shooting that. Yeah. And also, I want to talk to you a couple of things after. But sure. um, one of them is actually related to a family member of mine, because I don't know if you might know, like, you've heard of him. But, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Man. OK. Yeah. So I want to see if I can talk to you about a couple. And also, since I'm a secretary, I need to describe things. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you've obviously, you know, you've been doing this for while but um what, what have been like some of the movies that you've seen that have really like inspired you and really made you want to like go for this and really like what are the films that come to mind for you I'm not like that person that's a uh, classic in any way I feel like if any movies there's a handful of movies one of them is definitely The Ring <laughs> if you guys <laughs> seen that that was like one of the first yeah that was like one of the first ones I was like, I need to, you know, I need to rewatch this. Um, a couple other ones, kind of more of a, on the campy side, is Drag Me to Hell. Um, that one really resonated with me. I don't know why. I think it was just because it was the combination of it being funny, which I don't do comedies because I'm not, I'm funny, but not on paper. Um, and two, it has it has that 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 paranormal aspect of like the curses and everything. I guess curses really do things for me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that would be it. Also, The Exorcist. That was like oh, the very yeah, first one that freaked me out. Um, that's why I don't like seeing crosses anymore. <laughs> 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 Makes sense. Yes. Uh, when you try to draw inspiration for a new film you want to do, do you look more towards American horror movie cinema or like Japanese? <laughs> because personally, I feel the Japanese have horror movies down to a T. You're right. The Busan. <laughs> oh, I just saw that. It's I like didn't see that, Trade but I've heard. Yeah. Oh my God! If you haven't seen Trade the Busan, put it on your watch list, and you will send me a personal email and thank me. It's probably one of the best zombie movies out there ever. Oh Trade the Busan is amazing. After we're done, like you know, hiding in terror. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. Is, it really, is it really terrifying? It, well, okay. So, so <laughs> being a film, he's a filmmaker. The movie. It's terrifying in certain ways, but I don't want to say I don't want to ruin it because if I say a lot, it ruins it. But I've never had a horror movie almost make me cry. Because I, I want to tell you. I'm just going to tell you, it, it, it's, it's a horror movie, but at the end, it almost makes you. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a damn good movie. Oh my god. Can you give me the information afterwards? Because I want to test my boyfriend. He's like, yeah, train the son. I actually had a friend of mine. She was here. And she's like, I'm like, I'm gonna make you watch this movie with me. It's like my third time watching it on Netflix. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And we sat down, we watched the movie. She's like, holy Christ, she was on Facebook right after the movie. She's like, oh my God, I just saw the most amazing zombie movie ever. And to be honest, this, right now, zombies are beating the crap out of zombies. It, so you, you don't really get to see many good, thought out zombie movies. First of all, the only thing I'll leak out to you is, is that the zombies in, in Train of Busan, headshots don't work. 
and they run fast. And me and Travis are big guys. If you have fast running zombies that don't die with headshots, these are zombies falling off buildings and breaking legs and they're still running, yeah, that's pretty terrifying. So that's the type of zombie that's in training for soccer. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a sick movie. It's honestly the main, my main character in my last feature film. Uh, he was watching that in between shots. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, yes. it was something else. He, he showed me Shaolin Soccer, too. I was like, I don't know if you've seen Oh, my God, Shaolin Soccer. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. I freaking yeah, watched that watched movie that like forever <laughs> when it came out. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, to get back to your question, to be honest with you, I've only just now discovered Japanese horror movies. Oh, wow. Other than, okay. like, I knew The Ring was a, a, a remake, American remake. Yep. But um, I, I totally agree. The Japanese, they have something down. Like I saw another movie where the beginning scene is like these kids go, I think they're high school kids or college, they're on a bus and some unknown force just cuts the bus in half. And they all get cut in half too. And it's like, how do you even think of something like that? So this is actually a first for, because we're having an interview um, right now. We've got a long two interview. I'm going to let Travis take because Travis usually does military stuff. So I'm going to see how he handles this in an interview as a filmmaker. Our guy, and I'm gonna put the traps on the spot here. I'm gonna let oh, him wow. go through this interview. <laughs> something out of his realm. So, this is what you guys are gonna see as a class. He does this, this a lot, is, too, this by is the way. Out of Travis's realm. <laughs> Travis is usually talking military, usually interviewing people about military PTSD. So, now I'm gonna say, Travis, you're gonna interview this guy. This guy's a filmmaker. This is outside his realm. Let's see how he does. Whew. Pressure's on. <laughs> One of the things that comes to me from doing this podcast, I've been doing this podcast for a little over three years. Four years ago today is where it really kind of got born. I am meeting more and more veterans when I start talking to them who are open to not only the idea of me recording them talking, but they'd be like, you know, I'd, I'd like to have you tell my story. I wouldn't mind if you got a video camera and videotape me talking. <clears throat> and I, I, I think I know where to begin, but I don't know where to begin. I have a Sony A6000. I mean, that's what I got. I, I have the Zoom H6, so I figured I'd get started. But what, what, what's my punch list for starting out? Because what I want to do just, just is I want to tell like, like 30 to 45 minute little mini documentaries of their, of their life now, their life in the service, and some things in between. Well, I think you're on a good start with so many A6000. Uh, really? Yeah, any, any camera that can shoot 1080p is good. Okay. You know, you don't need 4K. I, you know, people are gonna kill me for saying that, but 4K is, you know, it's just unless you're watching nature, what, what do you need to see zits on people's face? You know? Not mine. That's for certain. <laughs> you know, um, you know, a good lens. I'm pretty sure the Sony A7 comes with a good lens already. Yep. Um, and you already have the zoom. I have the zoom, but it's a less lesser quality than that. It only has two channels. I don't know how many channels that has. But it only has two XLR inputs. Well, so and that's uh, what I've been using for I all love my films. it. I absolutely love it. So, but, but setting up the story, for example, this, this guy served in Vietnam, and now he refs hockey. He's 71 years old, and he's refing hockey. And I'm like, well, I don't know anything about podcasts. I don't know anything about video, but I'd talk to you. And I want to talk to him. So, so how, do I, how do I craft the story? I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. Well, I have made one documentary, and... But this was years ago, so thinking back to my education on that, um, you already know his story. You have to be able to take that story arc. Okay. You have to start where he came from, like how he got into the army, if it was draft or whatever. Right. Um, 
in all his experiences, you need to definitely touch on every single experience because what I guess at the end of the day, what you're trying to tell is why he has that PTSD. And then secondly, how it affects him and how he can continue doing his day-to-day life. So what this guy wanted me to do was get on the hockey ice with him and film him on the hockey ice. Now look, <laughs> I can kind of rollerblade, yes. but hmm. I'm like, how do I... I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I said, tell you what I'll do. I'll get a tripod, yep. and we'll have you skate around. He's like, no, 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 no. I want you on the ice with me. I, I'm not <laughs> sure how to sell that right now. Yeah. But but I, I'm, I'm four years ago, I would have never even thought to ask you this. I would have just kept my mouth shut and said, no freaking way. I can't do this. Now I'm sitting there thinking, you know, got the camera, yep. got the audio, can connect with people. I'll give it a shot. Is that really the, 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 the step? It's just to take that first couple of steps? Yes. You definitely have to, like you just said, you have to step outside of your zone to be able to accomplish you know, things that you want. Because to be honest with you, if, if you're going to be making a movie or, say, a documentary, you're going to have a client or somebody that's running the shots, unless it's you. Um, and even yourself, you might want this specific shot. So you're going to have to break out of that uh, comfort zone. Uh, and it's funny you actually say... Uh, going on the ice because in my movie I actually have a scene shot at the, uh, I don't want to say the name of the arena because I got in for uh, <laughs> Ice time's expensive, that's all you gotta say. Yeah, yeah. it was actually a concert arena that, that has a hockey so I had to go in on in the stands the only thing I couldn't get on the, on the ice was because um, they actually had a hockey game playing. <laughs> so but um, yeah, that was something I just got right down as close as I could right to the, the glass um, and that's how I was able to accomplish like the B-roll shot. So whore, military whore, there's a movie that I, it's actually, um, I want to say it's like uh, from Norway or, or Dutch, it's called Red Snow, zombie movie. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. Well, they're, they're these, they, they go out on this ski trip and these Nazi uh, zombies attack them and it's kind of over the top and fun. Um, how seriously do you take whore or it, you should have a little bit of fun and camp into it to make it connect with the audience more. Right. What's your What's your view on that? Um, my view is I think it's more more about the audience who wants to see because everybody has their opinion on horror movies. Oh, it's it's cheesy. Oh, it's scary. You know that kind of stuff. I think middle ground it does work. Um, like my my horror movies, I try to pepper in some comedy just because you can't have a story that's completely serious. You know. I think the, the best balance for me has been the Evil Dead series. The Evil Dead, yeah. I mean, I mean, Bruce Campbell is a god to me. I, I, I would, I would, I would change that man's you know SD cards if he wanted me to. I don't, I don't, I don't care what. I don't, I don't care. canister. I don't care. He's a god to me, but it strikes the right balance of being you know funny and campy, but like, oh my god, what is underneath the basement? Right. It's Lurking in the dark. <laughs> Um, they just told us that food is out there. We're actually at 4 o'clock. Right. What? It's 4 o'clock already? we got to wrap this up. So, uh, quick questions real quick before we get Any out. questions? And thank you for coming on the Oscar Mike Radio. I guess they got a last session out there. So, uh, for people watching, just say your name so we can get it right and what you're doing in the film that you're doing. My name is Daniel Grimm, uh, independent filmmaker. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Paraact Entertainment, kind of like Paranormal Activity, but um, and again, this was his first time doing it. So see how he just did this interview out of his room. What do you guys think he did? How do you think he did? Pretty good. Yeah. Wow. It's also my first time interview. So. Yeah. <laughs> A whole lot of firsts there.
Cool. Thank you very much. Thank Anybody wants one of these with our contact information? So we're going to wrap this up. This has gone absolutely crazy good. I want to thank Massasoit Community College for having me do this. Um, just having a great time here. Wrapping this up, this is the fourth annual Dale Dorman Media Day and radio broadcast. My name is Travis Oscar Mike Radio. I'm supported by uh, Joyce Asac of Asac Realty. Check me out on OscarMikeRadio.com. Like my Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter. We are on the move.